Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Kiwan Queen Pen. Guys, oh my goodness, I have been waiting for this. Some of you have been saying that you have been waiting for this, and we finally saw it. I'm talking about Dune, the remake of Dune. This is not the 1984 version. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back. So guys, like I was saying, we're talking 2021's Dune, you know, based on the book, based on the old movie, Oh my goodness. I think when I first saw the 1984 version, I fell in love with Fremen and Shai Halud and Muad'Dib and everything that was space at that point. Oh my goodness. And believe it or not, I, I was one of the few that did the backwards thing. I went from movie to book and realized there wasn't just one book. There was way more than one. This was a series. I was like, whoa. Now, the crazy part about that is when you go back and start reading the books, you realize that they squeezed everything from that series, all the books into one movie back in 1984. And I must say this, the fam clan or part of the fam clan agrees with me. Darth is just like, yeah, Aaliyah from the first Dune was scarier than that little girl from The Ring. Like seriously scarier. She has her beat by like at least 500 miles. You know, that uh, that little girl with the blue eyes and wearing the black and the pale face was just super duper creepy, even though she wasn't really meant to be a super villain. So, <laughs> yeah, it was super duper creepy. But let's start talking about how, believe it or not, this isn't the first remake of Dune. For those of you that remember sci-fi back in the day before it became Siffy, um, they actually did their own remakes of Dune and they broke it up into two different, two to three different movies, trying to pay respect and homage to the original books. It was great, but it still, for me at that point, was kind of lacking. It, it still left us with questions. And I will be real with you. I wasn't mad with it leaving us with questions, but it was just like, uh, you could have done a little bit more. But this version that we saw on HBO Max, and for those of you that haven't watched it, yes, I'm going to be talking about some of the stories. So if you don't like spoilers, then please pause now and wait until you watch it and come back to this episode. But oh my goodness, for those that need to know, it is on HBO Max until November 21st if you have HBO Max. So don't worry, you can still have time to see it if you want to rewatch it. The fam clan and I actually went back and rewatched it this weekend just because it was just that amazing to us. So 
one of the biggest things is they don't cram everything into one movie. We get a little bit more details at the beginning of the Atreides empire, you know, the Atreides dynasty, because actually when you say empire, they're all working for the empire. Yeah, kind of like in Star Wars. But, you know, it's just one of those things of they are, you get more information on Leto Atreides, Paul Atreides, Lady Jessica, you know, Aaliyah is not here yet because this, again, this is the very, very beginning. But let's talk about this cast. This cast was, oh my goodness, amazing. And there were so many stars. There were people that you didn't think would work that worked together in this. Let's start with the fact that what they did was whoever decided that these actors would work for this movie definitely looked at the first the first incarnation of the movie and said, we need people that look like those people. And and to me, that was part of the, the coolness of it. The fact that, you know, the fact that Lido Atreides, this Lido Atreides, who was, believe it or not, played by Oscar Isaac, looked like the old Lido Atreides. So you didn't feel like it to me, and this is just my opinion, but it didn't feel like you're looking at new actors doing a new movie. It felt like, hey, we're just modernizing it. And and that's really the cool part. So you had Tiffany, T- Tif- Tiffany, Timothy Chalamet, who was Paul Atreides, Zendaya, the always lovely Zendaya, who played the Fremen Shani, um, Rebecca Ferguson, who plays the lovely Lady Jessica. Um, Jason Momoa, who played Duncan Idaho. Of course, I said Oscar Isaac, who plays Leto Atreides. Stellan Skarsgård, who was Vladimir Harkonnen. Dave Bautista, you know, of Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, Dave Bautista was Glosu Raban. And Josh Brolin played Gurney Halleck. Gurney Halleck is one of my favorite characters. Like he always goes in and kicks butt. He is so sure and his devotion to the house of Atreides is amazing. Like he reminds me of if you ever needed a loyal friend or if you ever got kidnapped and Gurney Halleck was your friend, between him and Liam Neeson, you would be found. They all both have a special set of skills that people should be very, very afraid of. Like, just seriously. Gurney Halleck kicks butt with, like, one arm and, like, drinks soda with the other. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Stephen McKinley, which I was really surprised he was to fear. And Sharon Duncan as Lieutenant Kine or Dr. Kine. And Babs Olusmokun as Jamis, who is also a Fremen. This was such a mix of characters. And you could always tell whose favorite character from the original book or from the original movie was who they loved. Now, I will say they definitely did Frank Herbert, the original author, some serious, serious justice. Now, just so you know, the first six books of the Dune series were 
written by Frank Herbert. And these actually came out, believe it or not, in 1965. That was the first book, which was Dune. And then you have Dune Messiah, Children of Dune, God Emperor of Dune, Heretics of Dune, and Chapter House of Dune. And then it was taken on by his legacy, Brian Herbert. But oh my goodness, guys, let's get into this movie. So of course, we start out with the House of Atreides. We find out who they are, what they're doing, what's going on. And we meet the the Atreides household. Again, we have Lido, Paul, and Lady Jessica. And they're just kind of living their royal life. It is super, super duper crazy. They're just being, you know, what you would imagine aristocrats to be, you know, but we also find out that, how can I put it? Paul has this kind of wild side to him. He doesn't really want that bureaucratic lifestyle. He always wants to know why, what's going on, how does this work? And he's more friends with his trainers who are Duncan Idaho and and Gurney Halleck. And he's just trying to find out how things should go. And they're trying to help and raise him to be the next Duke Atreides, you know, because that's actually the title that Leto Atreides has is Duke Atreides. So, and one of the things that we also find out is that even though Lady Jessica is... Lido's partner she is not his wife she is his concubine so that's why she's called Lady Jessica um but it's just like whoa but this kid is just everything he wants to know everything why 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 can't we do it like that why is the spice like this and for those that remember he who controls the spice controls the world so we're trying to figure out What is going on with this spice thing? But I will say this. Thank you, HBO Max. Thank you to the producers and the directors of this. Because I will be real with you. The Harkonnens from the 1984 Dune freaked me out. Just totally freaked me out. So these Harkonnens, even though they're the bad guys, they're the wrong house. They're on the side of the empire. They don't look as creepy, you know, they're not as bad as those looking as those that we saw back in 1984. They look a little bit smoother. They are a little bit odd still, but they are a bit smoother. It's not the whole grotesque, you know, disgusting craziness, but we meet the Harkonnens as well. And we find out that they're really in this for the money. They're in this for the money and they're in this for the power. And to me, this is where you can see art imitating life, where no one wants to let go of this spice or the spice trade because they are in it to control their little piece of the empire. Because we haven't met the emperor. We keep hearing about him, but we haven't met him. And he's telling people inadvertently what to do, how to do things, you know, whose side he's on, how he wants someone killed or undone or all of this stuff. We're hearing this, but it's messages. And these messages seem to be coming from a certain set of ladies known as the Bene Jesuits. And it's just like, okay, but 
at one point you see the queen mother and she doesn't really seem like she's happy with what's going on. It seems like somebody is taking her power. And one of the things that we find out is Lady Jessica has defied her because Lady Jessica also is a Bene Gesserit. And she she was supposed to give Duke Leto a girl, but if you remember from the books or from the first one, they can control what they have. You, they can control whether they have a boy or a girl. And she did not make sure she had a girl. She decided that she was having a boy because she actually genuinely loves Duke Atreides. So he wanted a boy and she gave him a boy. But this is now a boy born with the powers of the Bene Gesserits. And it's just, oh my goodness. So the queen mother is not happy with her at all about this whole entire thing. You know, they keep calling him some sort of misfit and some sort of mutant. And it's just, oh my goodness. But we also find out that it is, he's of the age of trial, which means they're going to find out what he knows how his powers, how his lessons have progressed because they have some sort of secret voice, secret language that they use. And she, he's, she wants to know how much his mother has taught him. So he goes before her and there's this box, which is like one of my favorite scenes, even from the first one, um, where he sticks his hand in the box and there's really nothing in the box, but through her power, she can convey that there's his hand is burning and she's waiting for him to flinch because if he flinches, he is not the one. He is not worthy of having the power that or the lessons that he was given. So she's just waiting because she has this poison needle at his neck and he waits and waits She and he's holding there. And at this point, you see there's a moment where his face changes from pain to, I, I, I want to say defile, you know, but he's not, he's not being defiant. He's just not being defiant. It's just, he's determined. You see the determination on his, on, in, in his face. And he's just like, this is not going to get the best of me. I am not going to get stuck by this poison dart, you know, and he actually makes it through the trial and he pulls his hand out and he looks. But you also see that the queen mother is not pleased. Again, she's like this boy, this insolent boy, you know, and, you know, she is still not happy with Lady Jessica, but she's also not happy with the outcome because this somehow means that even though they believe that men are weaker and can't handle what the Bene Gesserits handle, for some reason, this young man can. And oh my goodness, it gets crazier from there. We find out that she's meeting with the Harkonnens to deliver a message from the Empire that they will control the spice, but because Lady Jessica and her son are Bene Gesserit, they are not allowed to be touched, but there is a message given that Paul Atreides should die. And oh, 
it, it just gets so much crazier. But the Harkonnens, we find out, are not all they're cracked up to be. They can kind of barely move. There's so much. Their skin is very pale. And they're just very, very greedy. In more ways than one, they're extremely greedy. You know, it, like I said, it's not just about the money. It's it's about the power and what they can do. And living this lavish or what they consider a lavish or luxe lifestyle. And in in their way is the house of Atreides. So one of the things they do is they promise the queen mother that they will not kill Lady Jessica and Paul, but they're not saying that they won't get rid of them because the Bene Jesuits have something called truesayers. So they don't want to necessarily murder them by their hands, but they do want to get rid of them, meaning leave them in the desert. And the desert is kind to no one. But we also find out that one of the things that has been keeping or one of the groups that has been keeping them from going deeper in the desert is the Fremen. The Fremen live in the desert and they are unsure of their numbers and their population because like I said, the desert is kind to no one, but the Fremen have lived out there for, it seems like eons and they're not sure how many they are, where they are. They just know that they're in the desert. And if you want to live in the desert, you have to you have to know the Fremen way because that's the only way to survive. Because like I said, they've survived for generations. But oh my goodness, one of the things is Duncan Idaho goes into the desert and at the beginning he comes back and he tells Paul how he survived with the with the Fremen and that he's actually impressed by them and how they get around and how they live and everything. So Everything starts to go down, you know, Paul Atreides, Leto Atreides realizes that someone is after him and his house is about to fall. But what happens is Lady Jessica realizes it too and she takes Paul and she runs. They run, they don't know what to do, but at the same time, Duncan Idaho is, and yes, that is his name, Duncan Idaho, um, is coming back and he's looking because part of his job is to protect Paul and Lady Jessica and he realizes they're not there and he's looking for them and he wants to know what is going on. How, how does he find them? Because now he's thinking that they have been killed along or captured along with the Duke, but they managed to escape because of course, Arrakis is life because this is what has happened. They have gone to Arrakis and the Harkonnens are not happy. But remember, they're also been told by the empire that Paul Atreides must go. So these people are just like, oh my goodness. They're trying to control everything. They even bring in more soldiers even though they outnumber the House of Atreides. But the House of Atreides is known for its fierce fighting style. So it's almost like, what did, what did they say? You know, one man can take out 50 soldiers. So 
even though they outnumber them, they're scared of their fighting style. And it gets a little bit crazy. But finally, what begins to happen is Lady Jessica and Paul are captured by a couple of the Harkonnens. And now they are tied up and they are they agree that they will not kill them. They're going to leave them in the desert. But Lady Jessica has been teaching Paul many languages, one of which is the weirding way, which is the language of the Bene Gesserits, which actually, it's one of those things of, if I could learn that language, it would be amazing. You know, they do something to the mind and they can get people to do things that they wouldn't normally do. And they control people by using this specific pitch because it's not it's not necessarily a language in and of itself it is a pitch so it's like oh my goodness but yeah so they get there and Paul is trying at first he fails with it but he manages to get it because his mother tells him to find the pitch because one of the other things that they do is they speak using their fingers so that no one sees no one hears what is being said but they are always watching always watching so you're going to see a lot of finger signs or what looks like gang signs or whatever and it's very low-key very so for those who don't know it's it's you know they're unaware that a conversation is being had and it's just like oh my goodness because amongst that she has also taught him Fremen and that is the crazy part is he's not supposed to know that he's not supposed to know the language of the desert he's not supposed to know the ways of the desert but the Fremen have a prophecy in which you know he's not born of them but he will know their ways so they're they've kind of been you know preparing for this all this time all this so they get left you know they get freed using their powers and left in the desert but get found by Duncan Idaho and he takes them to Kynes who helps them get away because of course the house of Atreides must fall and even though Leto Atreides is gone they know that Lady Jessica and Paul Atreides live. So their thing is to make sure they get rid of them. But again, Kynes make sure that they get into the desert and they get out and are found by the Fremen. And this is where he meets Chani, her father, and Jameis. And they help them get around, get out. But of course, he doesn't know all of their ways and he insults Jameis and he and Jameis fight to the death because even though Paul has been prepared to fight, he was not taught to fight to the death. But he's been having all these weird dreams that says, you know, Paul Atreides must die for the Shai Halud to be born, you know, and it's so crazy. But this is where we start seeing things like Chris Knives and his visions and what he's seeing. 
this was such an awesome movie, guys. This was such an awesome movie. And the cool thing is this stops right at the beginning of Dune, the Dune Messiah book. So I am definitely looking forward to another chapter of this. I am looking forward to the next movie or series or however, you know, they want to put this out. This is amazing. So thank you, HBO Max. Thank you, Frank Herbert. Thank you, Brian Herbert. (laughs) And thank you to the cast members of Dune 2021. This was so awesome. And if you have not watched it, even if I gave you some spoilers, definitely go back and watch it. Like I said, the fam clan and I watched this twice. So it's definitely worth watching. As always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping. Hey, this is Chewy, host of Screaming Chewy Show podcast, and you're currently listening to CQP Moments. Stay tuned.